You're listening to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's style is very unique, where he shares the message of the gospel unlike anyone else. It's real, refreshing, focused, and fun. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe in a difficult place, or possibly even in a very lonely place, let me encourage you that you've come to the right place. Now, if you're not able to stick around with us for all of today's talk, you can always listen to, download, and even share this entire message with a friend right from our website, richardellistalks.com. So, with today's talk, here's Richard Ellis. All right, today's topic is the X-Files. And if you haven't figured out yet, we're spelling that E-X, not X, okay? And the way I figured, if 50% of marriages end in divorce, then there's got to be some X's out there somewhere. And before you even get divorced, there's usually a slew of X's like ex-boyfriends and ex-girlfriends. All right, the X-Files. You know, this, we're laughing, and this is going to be a little light, but guys, it's going to go pretty quick. This is some of the touchiest stuff you can get into. And I talked to a guy yesterday. Well, I talk to people almost every day in this category. I talked to a guy yesterday. He's been divorced a few years. Young guy. Still misses his ex-wife. And he would tell you he acknowledges that it's his fault. And he screwed up and made some mistakes and let her get away. But see, whether it's your fault and you regret that it ever happened, or it's the other person's fault and they did something that affected your life, it still hurts. And there's an amen, there we go. Now we're moving, now we're talking. (laughs) And whether it's been a year or two years or 20 years, I can just say some word like ex-wife or ex-husband and you start pulling weapons out of you know places we didn't even know you had. You know, it just conjures up these feelings and the pain is so deep. And the battles I hear about are mind-boggling. The dollar figure spent, I know one couple that got divorced, and the attorneys got it so that the two people could not even communicate. They couldn't have reconciled if they tried. And the attorneys kept working each other and strung the thing out into hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees. And when it was all over and down the road a little bit and those two people sat down, there was the possibility of reconciliation and they may still do it. But it got so caught up in the hatred and the anger and mine and yours and the breakup and the just the fury of it all. Now, you don't have to talk about just ex-wives or ex-husbands either, do you? I mean, I've shared this before and, you know, I can go back before I married Rebecca. I was engaged one time got within a month of a wedding and got on a plane and flew where she lived and sat down with her dad and with her as well and said, this isn't going to work. And if I proceed with this and if I, you know, it's the wrong thing. I've made a mistake. I know that. And it's better to break it off than to move ahead and create a greater disaster, a divorce or something. But guys, even that stuff's painful. I can tell you, I can think of girls that I was friends with. You know, one girl that I was friends with for five and a half years. We dated for two and a half years after that. And I barely even speak to the woman, an ex-girlfriend. It shouldn't be that way. And I know it's hard. It's tough. It's sometimes things get strained, but there are things that we do to make things worse. Now, let me just start today with dating. And let me say this. If you are dating someone and you are pushing the envelope and you're saying and all your friends are saying, y'all look great together and you should get married and you're just perfect for each other. And everybody's telling you that, but your heart 
don't push it to where the person becomes your ex-wife instead of your ex-girlfriend or your ex-husband instead of your ex-boyfriend. It is a whole lot easier, as difficult as it is, to break up with somebody before you marry them than it is to go through a wedding ceremony and get the families and all the legality stuff involved and then ditch them. When you knew going in, I know a girl today who will tell you when she walked down the aisle, she knew it was the wrong thing to do. And that happens to more people than you can think. The clock's ticking or the hair's falling out, you know, whatever it is that happens to people. And they think I better snag somebody quick while the clock's ticking and I got hair on my head. You know, the guys, obviously, I'm talking about the hair thing. And I keep throwing this in and I'm going to throw it in today because I think it complicates things about as much as anything. If you are dating someone right now and you are sexually involved with that person, you're going to screw it up. You're going to wreck the, a potential relationship. Now, I'm not saying it's gone beyond all hope, but stop it and say, you know what? We're going to damage this thing. It'll be irreparable because there is something happens when you get physical with somebody that is meant for marriage and meant for commitment that when you do those things outside of marriage, it complicates things. And when you go to break up, it is literally like pulling limbs off your body. Do you know why? Because the Bible says when you have sexual relations with someone, you become one person. And when you try to take someone who's joined to someone else and tear them apart, it's painful. And I can go table to table, men, women in this room, if they've ever made a mistake in this area, and you can tell me you've sat in cars and wept alone with that person, struggled, fought, screamed, fought. It's just a nightmare. It's bad enough when you just meet some person, you go out on a date, you hold hands, watch a movie, have dinner, go home, and nothing happens, and you thought it was going to go somewhere. There's enough tears there sometimes when you break up without adding all the complications. Now, whether it is an ex-boyfriend, an ex-girlfriend, and this is a whole other century, or some an ex-roommate, and I don't mean, you know, somebody you've lived with. I mean, that's somewhere between dating someone and marriage. I think it's just called playing house. I mean, whatever it is you're doing. And I know when I say these things, guys, there's people in the room involved in this. It's not going to work. You wake up if you're living with somebody thinking, you know, there's no commitment, no connection, unless we just survive this long enough and it goes common law on us and we don't even, can't even stop it. We're in this house, he could be gone any second, she could be gone any second, and it just keeps going, keeps going, nobody talks about it. It just doesn't work. Now, I'm not trying to impose morality on people. Let me explain it this way. If you lived by every principle and every truth in this book, and you did not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you'd still be separated from God forever. You'd be a great, nice person. But don't try to keep the rules and do the right thing until you've got a right heart, until you've connected with God personally. Does that make sense? There's a lot of churches and a lot of religion that impose moral stuff. I'm not telling you if you live a moral life that you're not going to have a better life. But guys, living a moral life won't give you peace, won't give you joy, won't give you the love you're looking for. That only comes, and this is my opinion based on the book, through a relationship with Jesus Christ who lived, died, was buried, and raised from the dead. To give you eternal life, but to give you an abundant life between here and there. Okay? If you start with that, all these other things will be added. And I'm not saying you'll never stumble and fall and make mistakes. But get it right from the inside and work out. All right, now if you know that, and you've been through whatever you've been through, one of the most painful things is this X file that we all keep in our mind. 
There's enough stuff I've done personally that I can regret or conjure up and feel bad about. But when someone else does something to me in a very close relationship where I've been vulnerable, they've been vulnerable, we got close and somebody got stomped. And by the way, I think we most of you agree it is a lot better to be the dump E than the dump er. Would you agree? I know those are highly technical terms for some of you. <laughs> You know, you'd always prefer, let me be the dumpy, let me be the one that gets canned. I don't want to do the canon. Man, I would rather do anything. I can conjure up those feelings just like that. Man, the thought of sitting down with some girl and telling her, you know what, I don't think this is right. My heart's not in this. You're not the one. Uh, I mean, that's just like, shoot me. You know, shoot me before I have to go sit down and say that. And it happens both ways. If you're dating some guy right now and you know it's wrong and you are holding back and you are supposed to sit down with him, look him in the eyes, regardless of sex or money or whatever's going on in that relationship, whether you live together or not, and you're supposed to say to him, this is not going to work. And I know in my heart I've got to stop this relationship. That's tough stuff. But you'd better do it sooner than later or it's going to drag on and just get more devastating as the days go by. Now, if you've got this file and there's a man, there's a woman, there's a, you know, debris behind you in your life and there's people everywhere you've broken up with, got relationships and there are people angry at you or you're angry with other people. I'm going to read you some scriptures here and this isn't going to go over pretty big either, I guess, but here we go. <laughs> Romans 12. Now listen to these verses and I recommend you go read. I mean, there's a lot of tough stuff in this chapter in regard to this, but let me start with 14, and I'll give you another passage in case you think I'm just pulling one verse. Now I'm going to go right to it, so listen close. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse those people who persecute you. Now, let's get real about this. If some man or some woman has taken you to the cleaners or is taking you to the cleaners and they're trying to get everything you've got because they are angry and just going to take you to the cleaners, the Bible says, bless those who persecute you. Now, how do you do that? You're not going to do it without God. I can tell you that. <laughs> Unless this is working, guys, you are going to hate. You're going to want to kill. You're going to want to strangle, dismember, whatever term you come up with. You're going to want them to get everything that you think they've got coming to them, right? I got it. That's right. About it. <laughs> All right. Let me keep reading here. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Here's verse 17. Repay no one evil for evil. And you climb in your closet somewhere or down by your bed or flat on your face and you say, God, they deserve this. I have documentation and witnesses to prove it. <laughs> repay no one evil for evil. You say, but they deserve it. You know what? God knows who deserves what. But when you start dishing out punishment and condemnation and deciding who's going to get what, do you know what that makes you? That makes you the judge and that makes you God. And that makes you where you don't have anything to do with it and you don't need God for anything because you are God and you're going to make someone pay. And guys, they may pay a little bit, but in the end, no one pays more than you do, right? Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. And I love this verse 
because it is so realistic. Verse 18 says this, if it is possible, as much as it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Now, see, God knows I'm not going to get along with everybody all the time. There are going to be people that I have tension with. You're going to have people that you don't want to go bowling with every week. <laughs> you got the hiccups or you're a bowler? There are people you don't want to get stuck in a golf cart with or people you don't want to go shopping with. You just don't like them. But you know what? The Bible doesn't talk about whether you ought to like people or not. You know what it says? It says, don't worry about that. Love them. I'm not worried about whether you like somebody or not. The commandment is to love them. It'd be easy if all we had to do is try to like people. But God jumps and says, don't worry about the like thing. Love them. Now that's impossible. Especially with people you don't like. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. There's a part of this, guys, that depends on you and me. And I'm going to interject this here. If you're divorced, some situation, uh, you know, the categories are multitudinous nowadays. You can have a child with someone, you're not even your ex-husband or wife. It's just somebody you had a baby with. Let me tell you something. You better figure out a way to get along with the mom or the dad of that baby, or you're going to screw up that kid's life. The best thing that a mom or a dad can do for their child is to love the other parent, is to get along with the other parent as much as is possible, as depends on you, get along with that other parent. And I hear these horror stories. One kid gets with one, a dad on the weekend or the dad during the week, the mom on the weekend, whatever the arrangement is, and the mom or the dad is bashing the other one the whole weekend. The kid goes back. You are just wiping out that kid psychologically. Stop it. You say, but he's a slug. That child needs to know that. No, that child doesn't have anything to do with your problems with that person. That child needs to have a healthy perception of relationships in life and doesn't have to pick between two people that they love. You are killing that kid. Stop it. And some of you grew up in homes where the very same thing happened and you're doing the same thing to your kids. Don't do it as much as is possible. As it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Now listen to verse 19. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Let me tell you something. God is not asleep, and he hadn't missed a beat, and he sees everything that happens. And if you think you're hot, and you think you're upset about some wrong that's been done, you'll never outdo the God of the universe. And vengeance is his if there's going to be any vengeance, not mine. And frankly, guys, if you understand this scripture and you think through it and pray through it, you will get to the place where you will begin to pray, God, have mercy on that person. Because what God is capable of dishing out on those who mess with his kids is way worse than anything you're going to come up with in the long run. And then verse 20, therefore... If your enemy is hungry, feed him. I'm not saying when he's bringing the kids back over from the weekend, you have to invite him in for dinner, but you know. <laughs> if he is thirsty, give him a drink. And here is a verse that I don't know if you've heard, and I haven't always understood what this meant myself. Why is it so important if your enemy is hungry to feed him, if he's thirsty to give him a drink? For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Now, do you know what that means? You've heard that. I'm heaping coals of fire on his head by doing whatever this you're doing. Do you know what that means? That is a term that they used, a picture they used of what they would do. When you heap coals of fire on somebody's head, let's say, what's your name? 
All right, let's say Noreen has done something awful to me and Noreen knows it, she's aware of it. Now, if I never see Noreen, you know what? She's never gonna think about it. But when I see, now don't do this manipulatively, but when I see Noreen, if I am kind to Noreen, if Noreen is hungry, I feed her. If Noreen is thirsty, I get her something to drink. You know what? That heaping coals of fire on her head, it causes Noreen to think about what she did to me. I don't punch Noreen. I don't curse Noreen. I bless Noreen. I'm kind. She's going to feel worse than she felt about even the things she did. Because every time she sees me, I'm heaping coals of fire on her head. I'm making her think about what she did to me and hitting her with kindness. And she's trying to get away from that. She doesn't want to remember what she's done, but it keeps coming back. Why? In a kind, gentle way. And it's worse than if I called her some bad name and went off to my office. Because people can't attack you if you're not attacking them. They can, but they look stupid. And this whole thing reminds them. That's why he says, do this. If your enemy's hungry, feed him. It'll drive them crazy. That's what he's saying. Until they repent, until they change their mind, until they say, you know what, I can't take this anymore. I remember all the time what I've done to you based on what you're doing to me. I can't live this way anymore. And it also gives them an open door through which to come when they do decide to do the right thing. Because see, one of the things that keeps people from making up and reconciling is anger and pride. Who's going to go first? Well, Noreen made me mad. I made Noreen mad, whatever it is. So who's going to say they're sorry first? Nobody. And I told somebody this last week, it is more important to be right than it is to be right. It is more important for Noreen and I to be right in our relationship than it is for me to be right. You know what that means? Go first. Dive in. Figure out something you can apologize for and say, Noreen, I did this and I'm sorry. We shouldn't be that. Now, if she still keeps coming, you keep loving her. And Noreen and I are doing a lot better now. <laughs> All right, verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Don't get in some screaming match, some hate match, some bitter thing, guys. Nobody's going to win. Don't let evil overcome you. Be proactive, overcome evil with good. You say, that's so hard. Let me tell you something. It's a sweet deal when it's working. Because you go to bed at night and you sleep good and you don't have anger, you don't have hatred, you don't have bitterness. And then when you see that person, all those things that could trigger may trigger for a second, but you say, nope, not going there. Noreen, how are you today? Noreen needs some more water. Noreen, I'll get you some water. The person's like, oh my gosh, get this guy away from me. <laughs> don't be nice to me. I'm a slug. You see what I'm saying? Get away from me. You're making me feel worse all the time because it reminds me of what I've done. All right, Matthew 5, 43. Lest you think I'm pulling these verses obscurely. Oh, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. 5, 43. Just a few verses in here. Gosh, it's amazing this stuff's in this book, isn't it? Sometimes you wish it wasn't. <laughs> you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbors and hate your enemy. That's the Old Testament. That's the logical thing to do. That, you know, you don't have to have a rocket science to tell you that. Love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But Jesus said, I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Someone's using you and persecuting you, what do you do for them? You pray for them. That you may be the sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? 
Do not even the tax collectors or the Gentiles do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the Gentiles or tax collectors do so? Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. You want to be like God? Then do it God's way. You know what? He has no reason in the world to love me. I've screwed up enough to put me in hell forever. I don't deserve anything he's got. But what does he do? He keeps coming. And it is, the Bible says, it is his gentleness, it's his kindness that what? Leads me to repent or change my mind. And where God could say, enough of this, I'm sick of it. And like a gnat, just smack me and I'm gone. Like an ant, put his thumb on me and it's over. I've had enough of you. And what? He just keeps coming. His grace, his mercy, his kindness, his love, he keeps coming back. And he takes our abuse day after day and shows us by example what we're supposed to do with one another. Remember the old deal, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, not before they do it unto you. Do unto others what you want done to you. Do unto other people what you want God doing to you. See, when I screw up, I need mercy. I need grace. I need forgiveness. I need help. And the people out there that are doing all this stuff to you need the same thing you've gotten from Him. So give it away. Now, some of you heard this, you're going to say, nope, not doing it. I'm having too much fun being too mad. <laughs> And he's got, you know, three or four coupons left in his book. <laughs> and when he makes these payments, and it's too late because I've already thrown bottle caps in his yard, you know, when that lawnmower hits those bottle caps, well, that's a, I'm not giving you any ideas. <laughs> and I've said this to you guys before. Let me tell you something. There's only one thing at stake, your life. You want to spend the rest of your life angry and bitter and hateful? Just knock yourself out. If that's how you want to spend it, because see, you think, oh, I'll do it later. You don't have later. And if you got kids, your kids don't have later. I'd sit them down and say, you know what? Mama's sorry. Daddy's sorry. I've been bad-mouthing your mother, and I want you to know I respect her. I love her, whatever, whatever, whatever. We didn't make it as a couple. We have our differences, but I don't want you to be caught between this. You say, but I want my kids to hate that man. I want my kids to hate that woman like I do. Why? What good is that going to do your kid? They're going to pick you. You're causing them to pick a side. You're creating a war that no one's going to win. And if you've got somebody you're hating and you think you're making them pay, turn them over to God and let it go. And you say, those are easy words. I understand that. But if I don't encourage you to do it, it's going to eat the only life you've got completely up and you'll be gone and it's over. And you'll miss the joy and the peace and the love and the forgiveness that you've experienced or could experience if you'd give it to somebody else. Okay? You can't completely maybe get rid of these X-Files, but at least deal with them. Go through them, process them, and put them away where they don't haunt you the rest of your life. We'll get back to Richard in a moment to close out today's talk. But first, I want to share something about our program. Our mission is actually very simple, to take the planet. So it's our prayer that these daily talks from Richard aren't something you only hear and enjoy, but that they inspire you to share with others. Together, we can do this. The message of the gospel is something everyone needs to hear, and that's why it's such a priority to us. So join us in this important mission. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD to say you're in. Or you can get on board with us through our website, richardellistalks.com. Well, here's Richard with some closing thoughts for us. All right, let's pray and we'll go back to work. Father, thank you so much for, again, this time, and only you, Father, know completely what happens in a room like this. When we read these verses, and gosh, I'm sure, Father, there's real pain. 
there is some hatred, some anger, some bitterness that if we had time to pass the mic, there'd be tears, there'd be just destroyed lives. Father, the pain of getting pummeled by another person in a relationship is tough enough without extending it ourselves. It's our own fault when we do that, Father. And I pray that we would take responsibility for that today. And if a relationship, a dating relationship needs to end, Father, I pray that somebody would end it as soon as possible and get on with their life. And if there's an ex-husband or an ex-wife in the room and the darts are flying and We're so afraid we're going to get left out. We're going to get trampled. We're going to get stomped on some more. Father, I pray that we would go to you for wisdom, for direction. We'd get godly counsel, not just legal counsel. Father, heal hearts in any category. And let us leave what's yours to you. You be God. You be the judge. But don't let us be caught in that category, Lord, because we need the same mercy you'd extend to them. You're an awesome God, and we thank you for the power, the healing that can take place in the heart, and how you change not only our past and our future, but today can change. Don't just change us, Father. Change those that work around us, and let them see such a difference that they'd have to ask for the reason, for the hope that's within us. You're an awesome God, and we thank you for loving us, and pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening today to Richard Ellis Talks. We're confident that the program blessed you, and we want to hear about it. One way is to give us a call and let us know. The number is 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is to drop us an email. Jump on over to our website, richardellistalks.com, and click on the Connect tab at the top. We'd love to hear from you. And while you're there at the website, there's a ton of great stuff there just for you. Things like all of the talks from Richard, a prayer wall where you can leave your prayer request, and a whole lot more. Check it out, richardellistalks.com. Finally, we love doing this program for you, but we're so grateful when you hop on board to help us with the cost. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD, or you can contribute through the website. It's easy and much appreciated. 855-6-RICHARD or richardellistalks.com. Until next time, God bless you, and thanks for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.